The endless march of progress, Pastor Mac. Yeah. Well, we're live. Cheers, brother. Okay. Good. Cheers. Good. I've got my I love gluten mug. I've got my um I love styrofoam mug. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. They say you're not supposed to drink out this stuff. I was just gonna say that. I'm sure that they've come after you about that. Well, this is the fact checkers, right? We established that last week. Styrofoam, it's made of you know, it's it's made of uh, dinosaur fossils or something like. I don't know. That. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Petroleum. you know, you know what? I should I should ask you about this because I I tell you, um, wow, this could really open up a can. This is super funny. But so my my son is getting all of these dinosaur books. Yeah, he's three years old. He's obsessed with dinosaurs. He loves all the reptiles and this sort of thing. It's every day he sits down. He's like, Dad, read me this dinosaur book. I'm like, okay. But at the beginning of the book, what what's it talking about? That, that the Earth is billions of years billions old. of years old, and yeah. then the dinosaurs evolved and that sort of thing. So I keep changing it. I as I'm reading it, he can't read yet. So I keep changing it. Like in the beginning, God created everything. Yeah, and then God created dinosaurs, and the book states everything is a fact. You know, but I'm oh, saying yeah. like, sure. well, we don't we don't know. There's a lot we don't know about dinosaurs, but here's a few things we do know. So and yeah. Eddie, I let hardly me, even know. Let me let me tell you what to do. All right. That's why go, that's why go, we're here. Go right there. Can you see that? Let's is this see. the create. Is this the ICR? Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah, to yeah. ICR Institute for Creation Research. They've got more material, more books, more publications, more stuff than you can possibly imagine. And for everybody that's listening, if you homeschool, it this is a boon for you for all of this stuff. And it is so well written and so well researched. They have scientists there. We have scientists that are there from Boulder, you know, from astrophysicists from Boulder. We have them from had one from Harvard, you know, you've just got all these brilliant scientists that work there that nobody hear about, hears about, nobody knows, uh, but they are very committed Christians and they are committed young earth. Interesting. Now, so you're, have you ever gotten involved in this young earth, old earth debate thing? Cause people no, debate not this the all debate. the time. I am a young earth. I do believe in a young earth. Uh, God didn't create when he created the world. He didn't create and say, okay, and I'm going to plant an acorn here, <laughs> you know, and over the next 300 years, it'll be a mighty oak. Um, <laughs> he created the mountains like they are. He created the tree. He created older trees. I think he created the earth as an old earth with trees that were shrubs, you know, and trees that were fully mature. I mean, sure. how else would uh, Adam and Eve go out and pick fruit off of them and eat it if they were not already fully mature? Well, yeah, <laughs> one of the one of the things that they'll say, they'll say back at you is the whole, you know, I've, I've heard the old earth gap theory. Well, there, you know, God, you know, he created it very old and then he put things together really, really slowly. And then he created man. Yeah. There's I've gone back and forth in my young life, young earth, old earth, young earth again, old earth again, young. I I'm I think right now I'm I'm just with you. I think, but I would probably say for everybody that's watching us right now that might be involved in an argument or might be working on that 
that we this this should pro, this is not really something that Christians need to argue about, right? Well, it's it's not it it you know I I think it's important in some ways, but it's it's not no it's not worth arguing over. Um, and getting upset about, it's kind of like what your view of the second coming is. If you believe in an imminent return, Christ is coming back. You may not have everything worked out exactly right, and it's not worth brothers fussing over. To sit down at a dinner table and, you know, debate and talk and work through, those are healthy things. Oh, for sure. Uh, But to get angry and upset and, you know, stomp off and be mad and I'm changing church because you were younger, (laughs) you know, that's just so immature. Maybe I'll. Anyway. But yeah, because I yeah I could I could just I could I could just set I could buy the old campus pastor and set up and set up Valleydale Old Earth Baptist Fellowship <laughs> yeah. just right down the road. They'll know exactly what they're walking into. Yeah, <laughs> until you get to a different debate. You know? I know, I know. And then they'll go down the road and set up Valleydale. You know, when I was in seminary, sorry, when I was in seminary, we we sat and we debated what we debated was Calvinism. Yeah. But the people I debated with, we loved each other and we were great and we worked together. And in fact, guy that I had been in college with who was a Calvinist. And of course, I'm I'm not a five point Calvinist, but I married one, but I'm not one. Uh, He he uh, he and I had a paint a business together. And that's how I fed my family my last year in college. But we painted and man, as we painted, we would just talk about it and debate it. But nobody ever got mad. Nobody ever got sure. upset. And you know what it did? It sharpened you. Oh, yeah. It made you think it made you listen to somebody else from the other side and say, you know what, maybe that's a possibility. Uh, I- and of course, we're talking about things that are tertiary. They're not primary doctrine. We didn't debate the virgin birth. We didn't debate, debate, you know, uh, the atonement of Christ. We all believed in a substitutionary, um, uh, plenary, uh, or, um, penal substitutionary, atonement. penal substitution, uh, of, uh, the atonement, you know, things like that, that are primary. You've got to trust Jesus Christ, but other things like what does the foreknowledge of God mean? What does Paul mean when he speaks of, you know, predestination and election and things like that. Well, so, uh, and eventually, you, you know, it is possible to for people today, but that's where we are in this social media world. And that is nobody right. can have a different opinion uh, from you and be, you know, and be your brother in Christ anymore. Well, it, I think, it's sad. I think you've done a good job in, in sort of opening my eyes and then the eyes of the congregation to just, well, I'll say reopening our eyes to this idea that like, you know, we can disagree with each other about plenty of things and still love each other deeply. That's the lie of this social media cancel culture thing where it's like, I, you disagree with me, therefore you hate me. And that just does not philosophically follow at all. But I I think you've, um, I, I, I appreciate the way that you've, pastored us pastor just because i know that we've got calvinists at the um at the church and we got um plenty of arminian as well i think that there are some young earth and some old earth people but um we fellowship well with one another we don't we we don't get tied up in these things yeah seriously we do you're right 
you know, they're, they're people that have ideas all over the spectrum. And, but anyway, 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 well, well, we missed you yesterday. Pierce did a good job. Pierce did very well. I texted him and just let him know that I'm, I'm proud of him. And, um, you know, I, I love that we've got, um, you know, we've got ordained men in the laity like Chris yeah. Johnson that can go up there and he did a great job with the Bible reading, you know? Yeah. And then Chris is got, such a great guy. Mm, love him. And then of course we yeah. got the, the voice of God himself, Mike Kozlowski reading the, <laughs> yeah. from the book of Jude. That was real. <laughs> but yeah, Pierce did well. I was at home. Um, like you said, with my nervous breakdown, we got a baby <laughs> on the way. So I'm about to lose it. No, it's funny. If you look over here at the screen, this this special pillow, it's one of those bobby pillows for breastfeeding. Yeah. This room is outfitted, man. We're we're all ready to go. We've got the that's the co-sleeper set up for when the baby gets here. And there's the oh, bobby right. and the, the whole thing, man. We're we're ready. But no, we I was not out because of the baby. I um, when is I, she due? Well, she's supposed to be due Thursday, but we'll we'll see. It's it's we're we're officially in what the doctors call any day now, right? So you may not be here this coming Sunday either. I don't know, Pastor. You know, only the Lord knows. I've yeah. I've set the you know, and and we'll talk about you and me can talk more about this at our um, service planning meeting tomorrow. But I've set up several Sundays of music and and all this, and and I know that and and so Pierce will be able to continue to facilitate things if I'm out, but. Um, but I'm praying that the baby will come on like a Monday. So then I won't even have to miss a Sunday. I'm I'm like you, brother. I just hate not being there. You know, I just love I being able to worship with everybody. But I was I out. I was, when you're when you're not well, you need to you need to rest up. Yeah, I was a little bit. You need to, you need to get the rest you can get right now. I can tell you that. <laughs> you are not good about it. I tell you, it's we keep Lauren will Lauren will bring up the um the you know the the photos we got the google photos thing where it like goes back and shows you all your pictures from the past years and she's like hey check out these pictures of when jude was born jude our son was born like three years ago and and i look at it and i'm like oh wow he's so cute but every time you see a picture of either my face or lauren's face it's like because we're just so tired you know and i'm like wow i guess we're about to enter into that again <laughs> Yeah, you're young. You can handle it. Hey, I lo I love it. I I this is a blessing from the Lord. I'm I'm thrilled. Yeah. The kids are thrilled. So I told the children are a gift from the Lord. They sure are. Yes, yeah, the fruit of the womb. It's reward. Psalm 127. Yep. So I'm That's filling right. my quiver full, dear brother. Yep. Um, but hey, I wanted to get back to uh, um to what you said about the whole arguments thing because. If it if that that struck me that if we're in if we're filling our minds and hearts with all these little arguments about tertiary non-central issues, yeah, and we're not actually staying sharp and open to contend for the faith, and I yeah. think that's. So I loved what you did with the message yesterday. Um, I was just writing down some notes. I think you were about at point seven or something. And I, and then I just kind of made a note at the top saying like, I, I'm just glad, I'm glad you decided to take us through this. I texted Brody and I said, we need to make sure and bookmark this message because I would love for new members to be able to go back and just watch this message. Here are 12 of 20 
points of that are central to our faith that definitionally you just you just need to know like if you're going to come and be a member of a baptist church like period these are the things that we believe is that that was your thesis right you're like before we go any further yeah, you, you know well, what what is he talking about when he says contend what does that mean what does it mean to contend and i wanted to be sure to help everybody understand he was not talking about be contentious right but to take a stand <clears throat> And for the faith. Now, what does he mean when he says the faith? What is this body of belief? What is this body of doctrine that we are discussing that that he says you've got to take a stand for? So I I wanted to give, you know, as much as I could in a in a sermon. And I know I ran uh, a little over, but I wanted to get to that last point. Well, I wasn't there. You can run over as much as you want to, which is. which is the solution. You know, we believe that the gospel is the solution to man's problem. Um, man is looking for solutions today. I mean, good night. Just look at the world situation. Um, oh gosh, yeah. Man's looking for a solution. Listen, the only solution that works is Christ. So that's I where I left off with number with number 12 was, you know, this, this solution. So let me let me just run through the next, you know, five or six of these. Now, did you already do the mornings with Mac? Did you do these other eight points? No, no, there? no. I'm I'm going to do them here. I'm going to do them right oh, now. Oh, you can do it right now. Oh, okay, I yeah. love it. Yeah, let's talk about no. it. Okay, cool. No, here. So here we go. Um, we believe in holiness. You know, how many times are we told, "Be holy," um, for I, the Lord, am holy. Um, we we imitate God. Uh, we don't lie. We don't cheat. We don't steal. Uh, we're we're faithful to our mates. Uh, we're good workers. You know, this is something I'm thinking about for Sunday morning introduction. Uh, while Rome was falling, Augustine was encouraging his church: go to work, yes. do what you're supposed to do, be faithful in in, in all the things that uh, you're called to do. Uh, we don't go get drunk. Uh, we keep the laws of the land. We try to live. Uh, as righteous as we can live. We try to be holy uh, in our lifestyle. That's what we're committed to in this church. Number, number. Uh, I think this would be number 13. We believe, that, well, I've already gone over that one. I, I don't have them all exactly alike. That's fine. I'm going to take me give some you notes this one. in here. But we, yeah. we believe in the day of the Lord. Scripture talks about that. Jesus is coming again. Now, whether you're premillennial or Post millennial. I don't know anybody. It's post millennial. Well, yeah, you know, but, a lot of people uh, in the Pentecostal church. A, a millennial. You know, it's just going to work yeah. out the way it works out. Jesus is coming again. We believe in. I, I believe in the catching out of the church. First Thessalonians chapter four, the seven years of tribulation, where the wrath of God is turned loose on this. And the reason I believe that, I believe the last time you see the church in the book of Revelation is in chapter 5, because from chapter 6 to chapter 18, you know what you never read in those chapters? The word, the church. You never see that. You never read that in those chapters. So, um, you know, we believe Jesus is coming back. If if you don't believe it, you know, I'm, I'm premillennial. I believe Christ will rapture the church, take the church out. There'll be seven years of tribulation. Some people believe that he comes back in the middle of the tribulation. Others believe he comes back after the tribulation. I I don't think so, but I won't discuss that now. Here's this. uh, Number 
whatever it is, it's the physical return of Christ. Um, Christ doesn't come back as a spirit. It's the physical. Yes. When he was resurrected, he was resurrected physically. He physically will come back to this earth. Zechariah chapter 14 talks about that he comes and he stands on the Mount of Olives. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's the physical return. Uh, the next one is the established kingdom of God for a thousand years. There will be that thousand year reign where Christ will reign over the earth and he will show what life could be like if we had been obedient to him. The nations will go up to Jerusalem to worship him. We believe in the judgment. There is ju We don't talk yes. about judgment in the church anymore because we are, you know, we just don't want anybody to I know. Don't be upset. upset. We don't, don't want you upset. Anybody. Well, listen, let me don't tell you something. You. Is what I said yesterday. You got one or two options here. You can try to live as good as you can, handle your own sin, pay that debt yourself, but you will pay that debt for all of eternity in hell. Or you can accept the payment that Christ has made for you. So there is judgment. We believe in hell. I do. I actually believe in hell. Bible does not teach annihilation. Uh, we are eternal souls, and uh, to reject Christ is to spend eternity in hell. Um, you know, people always ask, well, is hell really going to be fire? Well, that's the only way the Lord describes it. And by the way, let me tell you something. He talks a lot more about hell than he does about a lot of other things. Um, it is where the fire is not quenched and the worm does not die. It is a place of horror. It is a place of intense. I don't know how a soul experiences pain, but it will be a place of darkness, of pain. And you say, but it'll be fire. Won't there be light? Evidently, it will be a fire that burns without giving light. I, you know, I, I, who knows? I don't think our imagine can really con our mind can really conceive or imagine that. And then the last thing I would say is this: we believe in heaven. There is a heaven. There's a hell to miss and a heaven to gain. Um, we are there before the Lord. You know, as I said yesterday, quoted that old gospel hymn: "The wicked will cease their troubling, uh, the weary will be at rest, and all the saints of God." from the ages are going to sit at his feet and be blessed. We're going to gather together around the throne of God. Um, will we just sit on a cloud and play a harp? No, I believe we're going to have work. I believe we're yeah. going to find a fulfillment in heaven to work uh, in a way we've never been able, the way we yeah. long for it here. I wish I had something that I could do that would bring meaning and fulfillment to life. Yeah. Now, listen, there's not a, another preacher that enjoys preaching better than I do. And I am fulfilled with it and I love it. And I couldn't imagine doing anything else. And, um, you know, through the years I've had people, you know, so why, why do you go and preach here? Why do you go and preach there? Uh, I, I preach because that's what God called me to do. That that's why I do it. Uh, well, you're, you're just going, you're doing it for the money. I, listen, you can't imagine the number of places I go. I don't get paid. Uh, I don't do it for the money. I do it because I got it in me and I got to get it out of me. Uh, and I, I, I enjoy preaching. I preached somewhere this past year. I literally preached in a place this past year that had 13 people there. Amen. And, and I've preached to 13,000 before. And everywhere in between, you know, 
But why? Because I, I am fulfilled in doing that. Well, as much as we long for and look for a work that fulfills us, we will experience that in heaven. I love that. Our gifts, you, you will you will lead, write, direct, sing music on scales far beyond these 88 keys. Is it 80? How many octaves are there? Eight? Yeah. Uh, ish. Yeah. There's eight. There's 88 keys on the piano. Yeah. You have yeah. 12 tones. In so an octave. far beyond that, you, you will play scales that your ears at this point in time cannot hear. Amen. You know, <clears throat> when Earth's last picture is painted and the tubes are twisted and dried and the oldest color has faded and the youngest critic has died, we shall rest by faith. We shall need it. Lie down for an eon or two. We shall work at a new painting. We will work. We will paint with brushes of comets here and we shall have real saints to draw from Magdalene, Peter and Paul. We shall work for an age at a sitting and never grow tired at all. You know, great point. Listen, we will we will do things that this side of heaven our minds have never even imagined. That's heaven, where we will be productive. It is foolish to think we're going to heaven and that we're going to lay up on the sofa and watch Andy Griffith all day. We will do that some. I was going to say that will a be a bit. part of. We will it do that. You. Yeah. I yeah. I'll 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 sit next to you. I'll find you. And we'll we'll hang out a little bit. Be like I've never seen this episode, and you'd be like, "Well, now now you'll you'll see it and remember it for all eternity." <laughs> I'll say, "Thank you, thank you, Pastor." Oh golly, that's good. Well, that's stirring, brother. I love thinking about that, and I I think that we need that reminder. Um, we really need that reminder because so many people, and I, I think this is what you were getting at. So many people have that sort of Warner Brothers cartoon version of heaven and hell. Where yeah. hell is just like, well, it's kind of funny, you know, and there's like a red guy with a pitchfork and then heaven is also kind of funny. You know, you've got like a balloon attached to your rear end and you're floating around with these little wings yeah. and all that. Yeah. And it's just not the way it is. No. no. So you it took will a... be, it will be so fulfilling It will it will satisfy the human soul the way the human soul has longed for it and beyond. That's in the words question. of Buzz Lightyear and beyond. <laughs> to, to heaven and beyond. I tell you, I think about this, and the older I get, I think about it more because, um, because I have, I feel like I have everything in this life. I have so many wonderful things, and, and still my heart longs often, just like, ah, oh, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. And I know that, I know that there is. And C.S. Lewis had that you know, he's always got a quote for everything, right? He's kind of like Spurgeon, just got a quotation for everything. And he says, if I find in myself desires in this world that nothing else can satisfy, I can only conclude I was not made for here. That's right. It was made That's for something so else. That is so good. And that is so right. Well, um, what else should we say, dear brother? We took the, you, you took us through those additional points. I told I almost tweeted this, but I but I didn't. I, I had it all written out and I didn't tweet it. I said, I'm sitting at home. Um, pastor is says he's preaching on only five words today, and he's got twenty <laughs> and he's got twenty points. And that is why I'm having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> I, almost, I almost threw that out there, but I decided to wait. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. You know, I did. I just, I felt like a Puritan, you know, <laughs> we're going to preach the half a verse in, uh, it will take me two hours to do that. You know, yeah. That's, next, that boy, that's next. as close to Puritanism as you can get right there. Well, you'll get all the way there. If you come back next week, you'd be like, you know, I don't think we were done with those five words. Mike, read those again. I'm going to preach those again today. Yeah. Well, I, I think I am going to preach out of verse four this coming Sunday. <laughs> Somebody said, boy, Jude's going to be a lot longer series than I thought. And I said, I'm sorry. I apologize. But no, no, no. You know. Oh, I, I love it. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like when you have to stop this, I mean, this is good for, for anybody that's, that's still hanging on and watching us. This is, this is important. Like you can't, you can't understand anything that he says after contend for the faith, unless you know what contend means. And unless you know what the faith means, we have to right. define these terms because the whole epistle is an argument in a sense. I, I think Jude sees the the whole thing is unraveling here because this is springing up in the church. And I think he's trying to do what I'm trying to do. Now, listen, I realize I'm in the fourth quarter of my ministry, probably the fourth quarter of my life. So I've got a few years ahead of me where I can be very productive for the kingdom of God. I'm, I'm not here to build uh, a building. I'm not here to build a reputation. I'm not here to build something where I can step up to a higher. Listen, I've, I've been there and I've done that. My sole desire is to build the people. And in doing that, I feel so keenly that I must prepare them for what's coming because I feel like we're watching the unraveling of Western civilization. And I mean that by this by where we are as a nation. It, it morally, I, I think we have we have completely begun. Um, I, I feel like we're at a point, really, honestly, that of no, and I don't say this negatively, where we're at a point of no return. I feel like we've passed a tipping point, honestly. And uh, things are going to get far worse than people can imagine. My responsibility is to take the people at Valleydale and prepare them for what's coming. That's what Augustine did. That's what Augustine did with the fall of Rome. Um, every civilization has fallen. Everyone. Right. Um, right. You know, and I, why would we think that we're going to be any different? And you and I happen to live in an age and a time where that is, I think, becoming painfully obvious to everybody. And I must prepare the church that God's called me to for what lies ahead, because what lies ahead is going to be scary if you don't know Jesus Christ. Mm. Well, I hope uh, I hope that you're wrong about how uh, close the tipping point is and all this, but I find no ground on which to stand to argue with you. I hope I'm wrong, you. too. If, if I'm wrong, then all I've done is just train people to be ready. Amen. Yeah. If I'm right, I've trained people to be ready. I love that idea of the wartime living as opposed to peacetime living. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, you and me have talked about some some of that before. So if you want to see that conversation about pastor and I talking about wartime and peacetime living, just scan back through the archives of the sermon recap there on the Valleydale YouTube page. Uh, might be on Facebook as well, but it's a lot easier to find on YouTube. And if you haven't seen Pastor's message, it's already posted on YouTube. You know, all 75 minutes of his message from yesterday is available on <laughs> YouTube right now. 
uh, <laughs> you can go see it. No, I think, I think it's like 47. I'm just giving you a hard time. And, um, and I guess, well, I'll, I'm hoping to be back in the office uh, tomorrow, Pastor, but at the latest, I'll be back on Wednesday. And, well, don't uh, come and back too quickly. Yep, won't come back too quick. But I tell you, it's just I'm going to turn back around and I'm gonna be gone for a couple of weeks with this paternity leave. So, yeah. you know, I know you're enjoying finally getting some stuff done with me out of here. Boy, <laughs> no, we miss you when you're not here. Well, you we go sit have- around. We sit around with a box of Kleenex. No, we do miss you when you're not here. Sure, we do. Well, I know, not the same. I know that you're going to miss me at that all staff meeting, Pastor. You're just going to be pining for my presence there uh, as you sit through two to <laughs> three hours of of joy. Oh, actually, all staff meetings are pretty fun. Usually, there's just a lot to celebrate these days. So there'll be lots of stuff. Yeah, there is. God, God is being incredibly good to Valleydale. That, that's for sure. We don't know. We we have no earthly idea why, but he sure is being good to us. Well, let's just steward it well. Yeah, that's right. All right. Onward and upward, All right. guys. Take care. Thanks. Bye. See you. Bye-bye.